0: Father in heaven, it is an amazing day in the church calendar, Good Friday. This is the day that your son Jesus Christ was arrested, tried, he suffered, and he died an atoning death on the cross of Calvary for your glory and for us to rescue us, to deliver us, From sin death and the devil to set us free to buy us back redeem us reconcile us to your heart Lord God we are a thankful people and I pray now Lord as we meditate a little further on the cross of Jesus Christ that you would come and be our teacher be the one that breaks through our cold and stony hearts. And Lord, give us encouragement and hope through Jesus Christ and through the gospel is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The wheels of the establishment had been turning more or less effortlessly. The status quo was being happily maintained. Long-standing orthodoxies were being observed. Routines had long been established. And then along came Jesus. This man speaking with a strange authority that you simply could not ignore, this man Challenging the established norms and saying things and doing things that graded against the accepted ways of thinking and doing. This man, Jesus, boldly critical of the carefully protected religious establishment. And he'd been out there healing people in public restoring people in public the establishment couldn't handle jesus people couldn't handle jesus as richard balkum has put it quote jesus was just too dangerous too provocative too popular to be ignored the only way to deal with him was to be rid of him." close quote And so friends, we get a verse like Mark 11:18 which tells us that the chief priests and the scribes were seeking a way to destroy him for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. Their minds were made up. Jesus had to be exterminated. They judged that Jesus must go. And that human judgment upon Jesus manifested itself in all sorts of ways. Scripture uses many descriptive words and phrases to describe the human judgment that came upon Jesus. For example, let's go, if you have your Bible with you, let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, which accurately prophesied how Jesus Messiah would be judged by the human community. Isaiah 53 prophesied how people would judge Jesus Christ centuries before that judgment ever happened. Listen to Isaiah 53, verse 3. Jesus was despised and rejected by men. Notice those descriptive words there. Human judgment said that Jesus must die, and that judgment was colored by a despising of Jesus and a rejection of of Jesus. Later in that same verse, it says that Jesus was despised and we esteemed him not. Jesus disgruntled us and we had zero regard for him. He was far too upsetting to the carefully guarded status quo. Our judgment on him as humanity, our judgment was that Jesus must die. A little later in the passage in Isaiah 53, verse 7, we have this. He was, notice the language, oppressed, and he was afflicted. When human beings judge someone to be unworthy of drawing breath on the planet any longer, That person becomes open season for oppression and affliction. Jesus was judged, not worthy of living, and so he was oppressed and afflicted. And then verse 8, by oppression and what? And judgment. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away Until finally, in verse 9, we have mention of his grave. Graves are for dead folks. The death of Jesus happened all right. People followed through on their judgment of Jesus. They followed through on it to its ugly conclusion. Over in the New Testament, gospel accounts... We have a wealth of descriptors, a wealth of notices of how human judgment on Jesus Christ flowered out, how the judgment manifested itself. People judged him unworthy to continue drawing breath, which then animated them to do what? To plot against him, to arrest him. Human judgment against Jesus issued forth in a financial transaction to secure him. Human judgment against Jesus issued in swords and clubs and hands laid on him and false testimony against him and a trumped up charge against him of blasphemy. Human judgment against Jesus manifested in spitting in his face and striking him and slapping him and mocking him and binding him. The settled human judgment against Jesus issued in scourging him and stripping him and blindfolding him And derisively saluting him, mockingly kneeling before him and then stripping him again of the costume that they had forced him to wear. Human judgment against Jesus caused people to grab hammers and drive nails through his body to fasten him to a cross. Human judgment against Jesus caused people to wag their heads at him and to deride him further as they passed by him, hanging on the cross. Humanity judged Jesus. Humanity rejected Jesus. Humanity killed Jesus. But you see, friends, that's only part of the story. Listen. Even as true as all of that is, that human beings perniciously exercised their evil judgment upon Jesus, in actual fact, and I want you to listen, in actual fact, it was Jesus who maintained full control over the proceedings hadn't jesus said in the days prior to his crucifixion that he would lay down his life of his own accord john 10:17 that nobody would or could take the life of Jesus, without Jesus exercising his own authority to lay it down. And so in this human judgment upon Jesus that we've talked about, there was something else going on. There was something far bigger, far more profound, far deeper going on. What's going on, in a nutshell, is this. On the cross of Calvary, God is sovereignly submitting to human judgment. God is sovereignly submitting to human judgment. That's the first thing. God remains fully in control of the proceedings. But more importantly, friends, the cross... Is not simply about humans judging Jesus. On a far deeper level, the cross is God doing the judging. God is judging us on the cross. We might say that the cross is God judging the very human judgmentalism and sin that hung Jesus on the cross. Even as people judged Christ and put him to death, that very death of Christ is God's judgment on us, God's judgment on our sin, God condemning us For our sin against him and the wages of sin is death. To satisfy God's justice, the death penalty must be carried out on our sin. And so on the cross, what does God do? He justly... Justly, in his justice, in his judgment, he justly pours out his wrath on our sin, having judged our sin worthy of his wrath. On the cross, God carries out his law to the letter. Sin is divinely punished. But here's the gospel beauty of it all that I never tire of telling. Jesus carries our sin on himself at the cross. Jesus substitutes himself willingly in our place. He takes the brunt of God's judgment on our sin. So that mercifully, we might escape that wrath and be forgiven, be ransomed, be justified before God, and be reconciled to him. Let's return to that same 53rd chapter of of Isaiah for for a minute. We found those descriptions of human judgment against Jesus there. Well, in that same chapter, we have descriptions Of God's judgment on our sin. His verdict on our sin. And and how that sentence was carried out at the cross of Calvary. Listen to the gospel in Isaiah 53, verse 5. Jesus, the servant of the Lord, the Messiah. Jesus was pierced. Why was he pierced? He was pierced for whose transgressions? For his own transgressions? He had none. He was pierced For our transgressions. He was crushed. Crushed. For our iniquities. For my iniquity. And for your iniquity believer. Upon him. Upon him. Was the chastisement that brought. Us. Peace. And with his wounds, his wounds, we are healed. God judged that our sin would be punished in his willing servant, our substitute, God's Son, Jesus Christ verse six the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. are you amazed on this good Friday the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of Of us all, verse 8, Jesus was stricken, notice the word, stricken for the transgression of God's people. You see the substitution here all over the place in Isaiah 53, verse 10. It was the will of the Lord in God's eternal plan of salvation, the decree from eternity. It was the will of the Lord to crush who? Him. Verse 11, Jesus makes many to be accounted righteous, bearing their iniquities. Verse 12, Jesus bore the sin of many and makes intercession for transgressors. Friends, on Good Friday, what happened? Jesus absorbed divine judgment to the death. The judgment that had come against sinful human beings, and this judgment included, don't forget, it included his separation from the Father the first time that had ever happened in all of eternity. He did that in the place of people like me and people like you. And he did it even as he was being wickedly judged by human beings. Even as there is this horrific travesty of justice being carried out at Calvary on the human side, there is a breathtaking, glorious merciful, just, divine judgment on the sin-sick world that is happening at the very same time. The cross is mind-blowing, is it not? God's mercy toward us is impossible to fathom, is it not? His mercy is so unlike our own. On this Good Friday, we praise Jesus, we praise him for his willing sacrifice, we praise the Father for his plan of salvation, we praise the Spirit for his enlivening us to the glory of the cross and to the glory of our Savior. On this Good Friday, we praise God that Jesus the Judge was judged in our place. We continue to live in between the cross, resurrection, ascension, and session. Sitting down at the right hand of the Father, of Jesus Christ. We, we continue to live between all of that and his second coming. The battle was won at the cross, friends. The battle was won at the cross. The judgment of God on a sin-sick world was executed with finality at the cross. And then on the third day, he rose. And we await his blessed, magnificent return. But as we do, we live in troubled times, don't we? This past year and a month has demonstrated that to us amply. We live in troubled times. The world is not yet renewed. There are groanings like COVID-19, like ongoing human strife and human battling all over this globe. But the one judged in our place, you can be assured of this, The one judged in our place is coming back. Hallelujah, he is coming back and the creation will be renewed. This week, my believing friend, live in the hope, in the hope of Jesus Christ, your crucified, resurrected, ascended, authoritative, and soon coming Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you that you overrule human machinations, human devices, human strategies, wicked plans on this earth. Lord, you overrule because you have decreed from all eternity the history of your world. And we thank you that it is all true and that all of your promises have come true and will come true. Lord, you have a perfect record of fulfilling your promises. And we thank you for that, Lord, because it gives us such hope. We walk by faith and not by sight. It gives us such hope as we live in a world that is decaying. Praise you, Jesus, for the cross. Praise you, Father, for your plan. Praise you, Spirit for enlivening us and giving us the hope of the gospel. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.